Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up December 7th through the 9th in Texas in the peaceful rolling hill country. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Day radio listeners, welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're always glad that you're with us. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and we've got uh, my good friend Stephen here. So, Stephen Cervantes, how are yes, you? Yes, I am blessed today. Glad to be here. Excited. This is always a great day when we do these podcasts. Oh yeah. I don't know why, but it's like they are so energizing. People say, "Don't you get tired of that stuff?" It's like, man, we are in the essence of life. How can you get tired of this stuff? Yeah. And I love the fact that we have listeners who will communicate with us, let us yes. know how, how they enjoy the program. We were just yes. talking off Thank air about you. how you were in Austin recently, and uh, somebody came up to you and said, man, this one program that you guys did really blessed me. So <laughs> that's kind of fun to get those if stories. That feedback is great. Yeah. Thank you. So before we get started, listeners, just want to let you know, as we do periodically, that we're a listener-supported program. So that means the way that you're hearing us or seeing us is because we've just had faithful and generous partners come alongside and uh, give to this work that we're doing to allow us to continue to get these messages of hope and healing and uh, healthy relationships out to others. And so if you'd like to come alongside and uh, give, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button or on the donate button and you can learn about the ways that you can give. So Stephen, we're going to be talking about what this time? Oh, <laughs> I'm calling this growing in Christ. Okay. So is that my handoff? I go now? Is sure, that, absolutely. That's it. Okay, go great. It. I didn't know if you had announcements or anything. Sometimes you plug things, but no, we're off and running. We're off. Good. So you know, we talk about the emotional side of ourselves and trying to clean it up and organize it and learn it. Uh, we do that work all the time. And if you have any questions about that, look at the past podcast. We're giving you tools and insights, and we're, we're creating maps all the time to understand and order your world. But what's the point of all this? I mean, just to run a great emotional program? Mm. No, we're spiritual beings, right? So today we're going to be reminded that the whole point of this is the spiritual part. Because any time I think emotional, I immediately think spiritual also. They're woven together in my mind. Because think about it. What is grace? Emotional, spiritual. What is love? What is forgiveness? What is kindness? What is healing? Is that emotional or is that spiritual? They're so interwoven that, you know, that, that 
Um, if you run a healthy program, you're running a healthy emotional, spiritual program. Yeah, and I think the way I the way I often think about that when I think of emotional and spiritual, because sometimes, man, just getting definitions of words is 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 difficult. And one of the things that comes into my mind is there's an immaterial aspect to your emotions and your spirit, right? Meaning, um, I can't say okay, put your emotion on the table here and let's kind of dissect it and let's actually visually see right. it and let's touch it. It's yeah. like, no, it's a part of your being That's right. that is immaterial. And so I think that's a good way to think of it because your spirit is the same way, right? Put your spirit on the table here. Let's dissect it. Let's cut it open. It's And so there's that's why I think sometimes it's, all, it's difficult to understand that part of us right. because we can't, it's not like opening your brain up, even though when you have emotion or you have these kind of things, you do see it connected to the physical because they can do yeah. these brain scans and see that, hey, certain things light up when you feel a certain way or whatever. That's different, though, from what it actually is, right? Mm. Keep going with that. Meaning— You're going to see this lighting There's scientists, up. there's there's brain right. scientists that'll tell you, well, this is what's happening in your brain when you when you tell me you are feeling afraid or when you tell me that you are experiencing love. And so, the, so sometimes what happens is those who come from purely a naturalistic mm-hmm. viewpoint will say, well, see, it's actually just the brain. But in reality, all of us say, well, the brain is only just uh, communicating to us what is happening in this immaterial place. In other mm. words, the, I don't think it's the brain creating love or creating mm. fear. It's simply saying that's kind of how the physical connects to this immaterial part the of your being, which is emotional and spiritual. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's that we've seen it time and time again, when you think about recovery and addiction, you think yeah. about growth. It's not purely about behavior, right? It really no, is about this emotional and spiritual. That's right. I mean, people go through behaviors all the time and they don't understand. And it's like, I don't know if you know this, but... I have about 30,000 hours of listening to people talk. Wow. 30,000 hours. And I listen for one thing, emotional program. Hmm. And so I have sort of mapped it out and have pretty good clarity. People are sort of amazed. They can come in in one session. I can tell you your emotional program. If you'll just talk, you'll tell it to me as you Hmm. talk. It's not that I'm that good, but it's that... There's, there's this uh, a rule of communication, and it goes like this. You cannot not communicate. Hmm, yeah. You will communicate. And when you communicate and people ask you, you'll say what you want, you say what you need, you say where you're hurting, and then it sort of defines the map of who you are. But, but that's not the great part. The great part is not just understanding the map. It's that, that God has a perfect spiritual map that he really wants us to run in our being. And we run the best one we came up with. But but if you're willing to trade in some of the old program and pick up greater spiritual truth and power, wow, that's what we're designed for. That's how we run at our best. Mm-hmm. So I want to just talk about a few principles. It's hard to capture a lot of of uh, things in terms of the spiritual, but we're going to try and put some language together and at least how I package it together and how you package it together. Okay. So people talk all the time about, you know, it's not about church, it's about relationship, it's not about religion, it's about religion, it's not about just knowing God, it's about having a relationship. You know, that is something we've all heard, but it's not something we all know. And so I'm here to announce something 
that God is my BFF, <laughs> my best friend forever. God is my BFF. So that I'm on this planet, I'm, I know I'm made by design, and I know I have a mission, and I'm walking it out right now, and that, and that God is in relationship with me on this mission. I'm not just saying that. Mm. I'm saying I believe it, and it's really happening, and he shows up. And you've seen this where a life gets changed right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Somebody has an aha moment or an insight. I mean, you go to these weekends, and I hear guys say back, you know what Jonathan said? We, you know, Jonathan, when he said this, that was me. I mean, it's like your words are coming out of other men because it quickened in them. The work you're doing, right, is creating the map that men need to get from where they are to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And God is with us every step of that way. I, I love what you're saying there because, you know— um, Let's just be honest, Stephen. You're a seasoned man, right? You know, <laughs> you, you've been you, you you've go. been well seasoned, and I love this because I think sometimes, <clears throat> possibly, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here. Would you say that maybe the indicator in a seasoned person, somebody that's lived a while, yeah, of whether or not they're really experiencing that relationship with God, is if if you're seeing a a whole new sense of passion and fervor and delight and joy in their relationship with God versus somebody who may be only experiencing religion yeah. and they get bitter and historical right. and the good old days. And they're and, stuck and they're not growing because mm-hmm. they know something in their head, but it's not changing their life. So I love the way you put that in terms of the BFF, because yeah. I think that's, you know, that's something our culture would understand. <laughs> but I think, I think it's great because you're, you're, you're highlighting for us just this ongoing connection and journey yeah. With your creator. Mm. And it's not about, you know, in 1967, I made a profession of faith. And so, quote, I'm in. Yeah. As if it's some like club to get into mm. instead of, no, I, in 19, whenever. Yeah. I began a journey, an eternal relationship with the lover of and my And most of it, as I look back, is. You know, remember, we start as boys trying to figure out life. At least Jonathan and I, I'm I'm talking to the guys. I know there's girls out there, and thank you for being here, but allow me, if you would. We start as boys, and and we try to figure it out, and we pick up some things that we think are going to help us, and in the end, they're not good things. And and we forget to pick up other things that will help us. And, And it's been a process of sort of laying down some things that I thought, man, I can't live without I have to do this. I have to be this. I have to present myself this way. Mm-hmm. I can't let them see me flawed. I want to be loved well. I was just reading this quote. It said, don't be a people pleaser. Nobody <laughs> cares. Nobody cares that much if you're just a people pleaser. They care if you have ideas and convictions and discipline, and purpose, and focus, and mission. That's what people care about. Not if you're just a people pleaser. I'm a pleaser. Are you, are you happy? I'm a people pleaser. It's like you're going to waste your whole life mm-hmm. without a mission, and a focus, and a purpose. So anyway, I don't know if that... So I wanted to say something about what you said earlier, because it made me think about um, 
that life is broken down into seasons. And when we think about our, our spirit and we think about our relationship with God, I think that's something that's really resonated with me. And and I think that's something you only experience as you get older. That's right. Because then you have sort of enough time to then be able to go, man, that was a, so that was like a six-year season there. Mm. And then there was another two-year season, and then maybe there was a 10-year season. And I kind of, I look at it this way, and and one of the things that has resonated with me in sort of this growing in Christ is, what has my worship looked like in those seasons? And what I've found is that I've kind of relegated my my worship into sort of these two major categories of of season, and one is what I call rich worship, and then the other is what I call dry worship. And so I can be in a season where it's like, oh man, I'm just I'm feeling God. I, I, worship is rich. I'm feeling <laughs> oh, like that's good. I'm feeling like there's such an intimate this connection. This is very powerful what you're saying. But let me tell you, because I know what's coming next. <laughs> there's also some. Maybe we should call it desert season. Yeah, I like desert. dry season. I like dry. Everything is dry. Where it's like it feels hard and difficult yes. and there feels like there's distance and, and where'd you go god yes. and what what are you doing and, and i need direction now I'm but here's here's the key around fumbling here's the key thing that i think i'm learning about those seasons is that and that's why i connect it to worship in both seasons is because mm. i'm realizing that growth in our faith is worship in all seasons that even when I'm feeling like, God, you seem to be like hiding, you seem to be not very close, yeah. you seem to almost feel uncaring, mm. I still need to worship because he's still God. And yeah. and if I believe that he's sovereign, then I know that even in the dry season, he's up to something even if I can't see it or feel it. And that is, I think, what matures our faith is when we realize, well, it's not about whether or not I feel God close to me. It's about, am I going to learn the discipline of worship and, and bowing before him and and That's submitting good, because to Because your biology will deceive you. Oh, yeah. Right? You may have feel-good chemicals, and you may be in a dry spot. These organs that we run aren't perfect. Sometimes they perform well. Sometimes they break down. Right as you age, everybody's got some work. And well, and the other thing about that too is a lot of times we want to base our relationship with God in terms of the closeness on circumstance. Mm. Am I healthy? Is there enough money in the bank account? Right. Are my kids doing well? Yeah. Is my marriage intact? And then if all of that looks good, we go, God is blessing me. <laughs> right? And we kind of equate blessing God, simply yeah, to our God, circumstance. Pro God. Yeah. But when it's But if it all falls time. apart, it's like God is cursing me. Something must be wrong, you know? So I, I you said worship, and I would say um and we're talking about our views and our words. And so mm-hmm. I would say talking to God is my day-to-day. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll drive down the road and say, okay, God, we have a, how are you doing today? What are you going to show me? I thank you for this. And it went well. The traffic's great. I got where I needed to go. I mean, I'm just talking to God like he's my BFF. He's right there. He's with me. And And in the past, it's like, I sort of knew God was here somewhere. God's always around. God's, but, but now I'm acting and talking to Him like He's right there mm-hmm. with me. You know, yeah. And it's funny because I was in a situation the other day. 
with a really attractive woman in the room, and I was in a waiting room or something. I, I've got to think back. And I said, okay, Christ, you're in that chair right there, and I'm right here. And I, I was actually looking and talking to the chair, you know, <laughs> because I wanted to have that dialogue, and I wanted to be very aware of where my surroundings were and what my head was doing, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, no, I want you here now, because if you're here and I'm aware of your presence, I'm good. And I want to I touch on that for a second, because I think what you're saying is really important, and I want the listeners to be able to kind of capture what you just illustrated for us, because I think it's something we don't do very well. Because we don't physically see God, we don't physically see Christ, mm. it's very easy just throughout the day to kind of begin to operate as if he's not around, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're in a situation like that where maybe there's a, a temptation, it's easy for us to just sort of lose our minds right. and in, in, a, in a very real sense go, God's not really here. And so I love the fact that even even though there's an empty chair next to you, you were sort of attaching the invisible God to mm. a physical thing to say, you're right here. And even mm. though I can't see you, you're right here. Yeah. And so I think that's a good exercise for us to do. To keep, You mentioned mm. also on this on the sheet here, you mentioned kind of practicing the presence of God. Yes. I think that's one of those things is to recognize, even if I can't see him, he is so he's present. Mm-hmm. And will I engage body, soul, mind in that process? And will moment? I make him present? Will mm-hmm. I make my mind aware? Right? Because our brains go all kinds of places, yeah. right? And it's like, what are you going to do? It's so like, I just think what you illustrate is a good discipline to, to do that. To... Excellent. So another thing that I think I have found on the journey of growing Christ is the whole idea of resting, mm-hmm. of, of greater acceptance of self, that I'm humanity, I'm broken, I'm imperfect, I'm a, a recovering pleaser myself, and no, I'm recovered. I don't want to be in recovery. I'm recovered from, I'm a former <laughs> pleaser. That's what I want to say. I'm a former pleaser. I don't want to please the world anymore. I don't, everybody live your own life. It's not my job to make sure you're happy. It's my job to walk with my maker and walk in design and walk out the mission he gave me. So, um, so I can rest better. The goal is to rest, to be at peace with yourself better. And I really think we look at people, they're committing suicide. Professional, successful people are committing suicide mm-hmm. you know, at an alarming rate, you know. we got the vets coming back. And it's, it's almost like, how do you rest well? You've got mm-hmm. to rest well. This is a crazy, overwhelming world where people are discontent and restless and lonely and tired and broken and fighting disease. you still got to rest well. You know, when you're saying that, one of the things that comes to mind, because for me, all of what you're saying and all of what this growth in Christ looks like is always bringing me back to the central theme of my relationship with God. And I'm going to get emotional when I say this, is that he really does love me. Mm. Mm. And I think that's the only place that I know of that the soul can fully be at rest mm. is when we recognize, okay, I'm a mess. I, you know, my circumstances may stink. I, I, you know, maybe I don't, I'm struggling to figure out what my purpose is. All these kinds of things that can distract us and cause us maybe even to get to a place where we go, is life worth living and all? And when I come back and 
experience that whisper of God into my heart that says, but do you know that I love you? Mm. I know you better than you know yourself. Mm. So all those things that are coming to your mind about your brokenness and your sinfulness and your failure and your mistakes and all that, do you think I don't know that? I know that, and I'm still going to keep whispering that I love you, I love you, I love you. And so Mm. for me, when I feel myself kind of spinning out with anxieties or fear or apprehensions about the future or anything else, to come back to that central message of the gospel, Mm. which is that God loves me, a broken Mm. mess, a broken sinner. Then I go, oh, okay, I can rest. I can rest in that. That's great. One of the gateway men that attended the weekend um, wrote this statement. Uh, He said, I'm leaving the weekend with these three thoughts. I'm totally loved by God. I am completely forgiven of my sins. And God wants me in his presence. Mm. That's good. Wow, that's the core. That's the meaty stuff. That's the right program to run the map with instead of the old program, the old map that ends in broken despair, inadequacy. And it makes me think of something I heard recently. It was at a a talk that um, uh, Bob Lapine, the the voice of family life today radio was sharing and he was he was talking to pastors about how to deal with discouragement and despair in in um in ministry and one of the things he was saying is he I'm going to paraphrase a quote from uh, Martin Lloyd Jones and he said basically our problem is that we listen to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves interesting so when we're talking about this emotional system and all this kind of stuff I think maybe one of the signs of maturity, especially in our growth in Christ, is rather than, listen, our emotions are going to come up and boil, and and rather than listening to ourselves and, and starting to— All the negative stuff well, and starting, right, you're talking And about. starting to direct our lives based on all the feelings that come up, mm. he says what we need to do is all these things that come up, we need to take now truth and kind of talk to ourselves, preach to ourselves— so the idea is we don't ignore the emotions that are coming up if we're feeling sad or angry or confused or anxious or whatever. But sometimes what we do is we start listening to that yeah, so much that then we don't go, wait a second, read those things again that this guy said, the three things. <laughs> I'm totally loved. I am completely forgiven of my sins. And God wants me in his presence. See, we need to talk that to ourselves. Yeah. Because do we always feel that that's true? No. So the thing is, I think that's part of this growing in Christ is when all those emotions come up that are contradictory to what God has said about mm. us, we need to then say, yes, the feeling is real, but man, I need this truth to adjust my feeling, not my feeling to try to edit truth. Does that right? make sense? And that's, that's the struggle we all have, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is we have bad emotional program that wants to lead us to despair and brokenness and failure, or we're walking in faith one day at a time on mission, not always having great clarity, but knowing we're loved and we're 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 forgiven and we have a program where we're just called to be faithful. Yeah, and you know you might not realize this, Stephen, but you just demonstrated what this maturity looks like a few minutes ago when you said, I'm a recovering pleaser. And then you talk to yourself and you said, no, 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 I'm a reformed, 
I'm a former <laughs> pleaser. So it was like, you know, you yeah. even demonstrated for us right there without oh, knowing it good. that it's like, wait a second, someone was talking to me yeah. that isn't actually true about who I am. So yeah. I'm going to let the truth come in and say, no, I, Christ has transformed my yeah, life. That's and right. I'm not. That's I'm, good. I'm glad you caught that. That's not my identity anymore. No, you know? that's right. And the old program was to come up and say, you're still caught in it, trying to get away. That's recovery. I'm not in recovery. I've been set free, right? Mm-hmm. I'm called to to mission. So I want to go over this one thought, and I hope I can describe it like Jim Wilder. He's a neurotheologian did. Um, and he talks about this concept of mutual mind. Have we talked about this on this podcast? Do you a little remember? bit, yeah. Okay. I'm, I may be repeating myself here, but it's really good stuff. Because he said, most people think there's my thinking. Um, gosh, I lost the. It's my thinking evil's thinking, and God's thinking. There it is, the three of them. My thinking, evil thinking, and God thinking. And he said, when you link up with Christ and you become in Christ, a part of Christ, there's only good thinking and evil thinking. And so if you have a good thought, because your mind and his mind are connected, God is going to use his mind to send good thoughts into your mind, or your mind is going to connect with his mind to get good. So all good is of God, and all evil is not. And if you don't know what evil is, check the book, mm-hmm. right? But this whole idea that I don't have to wonder, what do I think, and what's me, and what's evil, and, and what's God saying, and I'm all confused. It's like, no, just good and evil. That's it. There's only two thoughts. My thoughts are irrelevant. I'm bonded to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so only God thoughts and evil thoughts. I like that. Yeah. It just makes life simpler. And it and it also just it's a way to consciously remind ourselves of that intimate, permanent, unbreakable connection with Christ, right? Because I think sometimes even as Christians, we do have this this false idea that I can live in such a way that I'm disconnected from Christ. No. You're, I mean, the Bible even talks in, in 1 Corinthians 6, when it talks about sexual sin, it actually says, do you want to... Uh, bond Christ to that prostitute. It's basically saying you are one with Christ. So wherever mm. you go, you're you're with Christ. He's with you wherever you go. Yes. So it's not like, and I like that. So the idea that let's let's keep it simple. There's good. There's evil. That's it. And so w- being bonded to Christ, we're in the good. The, and so you don't have to so, say, did I think that thought? Oh no, is that me talking to me? No, all good talk is God talk. Yeah. Right. It just makes it so much simpler. Like if a good thing happens in my head, I always say, thank you, God. Yeah. Wow, that good thing came. Wow, that's a great thought. Thank you, God. All good is popping in my head because God is in my life. So in these last couple minutes, I just have a final thought that I want to try to weave together here good. about this idea of growing with Christ. And it makes, you know, I only wrote down a few here, but I'm thinking about, you know, there's all these roles that God plays in our life, right? In terms mm-hmm. of when he talks about wanting to be intimate with us and wanting to have a relationship with us. And we've talked about friend. Right, he says that we're we're a friend now in Christ. He's certainly a king, and he's Lord. He's also a lover. He's a father. He's a savior. He's a brother. I mean, so there's all these kind of roles that he plays in in life. But here's the thought that I wanted to leave with everybody: is one of the things I've learned along the way, and I'm sure I'm going to continue to learn even as I get older, is that intimacy is messy. So in all of these roles and various connections, you know, sometimes God has to deal with me as a king, and he's got to bring down 
mm. some discipline in my life because it's like you are straying from my kingdom. You are getting mm. out of line, and there's going to be some discipline there. Other times, he's like a brother. Come on, man. Let's let's take a few more steps. You you know, let's do this. Other times, he's like a lover. Like man, mm. there's a like when I talk about rich worship. Yeah, that's when I feel a lover connection with God. Yes. So does that make sense? Like, sure. but all of this is it's kind of a messy. It's not a smooth process because it is a relationship. And I think that's what I want to leave people with is wherever you are in this journey, don't make it about I'm I'm connected to God or I'm not connected to God. It's like, mm. no, no, no. If you are in Christ, you're connected to God. Yes. But don't think that that means it's always going to be a smooth, happy, feel-good right. yeah. process. And you're in the process of refining your emotional program t- right. that you're holding on to that you wrote to be in sync with His. Yeah. And so I would just say, let's embrace grace on this journey that God is willing to let it be messy along the way, and that also He promises to never leave us and never forsake us. Yeah. So thank you all for being with us uh, this week, and we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. God Take bless. care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.